0: The and O.B. Show. California, yeah.
1: Obviously, stating the obvious, the, the offense—we we, we um—we got to get stuff figured out. Here's Goff looking to his
0: left and throwing that way. It is caught, touchdown. Josh Reynolds and the Rams strike first on the ground. Here's crowd, Here There he is, touchdown. Rams. Bowls under pressure, gonna be taken down. Bowls looking back of the end zone. Intercepted Troy Hill tipped the ball and Taylor Rapp on the interception.
1: To be outscored by your defense, obviously, is unacceptable.
0: Woods, first man through it's a fumble. A flag does come in. It's picked up by Eddie Jackson into the end
1: zone. How are we going to respond? What are we going to do? That's our next challenge.
0: Foles got it out there in a one-handed grab, and then it's dropped. After reviewing the play, it is a completed pass. It'll be fourth and one. Flip it to Patterson. Left side, and he won't get there. Foles under some pressure. Not going to get out of there. Drop back at the 12-yard line. Third and ten. Nothing doing. Foles will be dropped again. Pressure. Bowl's throwing and it's intercepted. The reality is that the Bears don't have as much talent on the offensive side as some of the defenses they're going against, and tonight's a great example. It's the Hamp and Ob Show. Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich.
2: It,
3: that's right. It wasn't good. Twenty-four to ten. Rams beat the Bears. Bears are 5 and 2. Hamp and OB are here for you. 312 7200 with you till 10 o'clock tonight. And, uh, well, I have a, just a trivia question before. And, Hamp, I know you got an opening salvo here. Uh, but, hey, OB, how many times did the Bears have the football last night? How many possessions did the Chicago Bears have? I don't know. 11. 11. You know how many times they scored a touchdown? Zero. Zero. The old goose egg. 0 for 11. It is hard to win football games 0 for 11.
4: <laughs> well, let, let me tell you something. When you could come out there and your offense is, what is it about? Scoring points to win. What's your defense about? <laughs> Stopping them. The defense outscores. He scores seven points, and our offense scores three. And guess what?
3: Nagy's a genius. He's a genius, all right. It was... Uh... It was some nineteen sixties football out there last time. Well, it
2: was to me. It was the biggest debacle in Hollywood since the release of Heaven's Gate. You know, here we are, a team that everyone around the league has looked at and said, "Wow, what's going on?" They're five and one. How can that be? And on the big stage, we did exactly zero. You know. The Rams, in my mind, were not only vastly more prepared, but they were vastly more physical. Now, we've, we've dealt with the fact that we've gone into games where I don't think we have been prepared properly. But very seldom have we went into a game where we got punched in the face repeatedly and we did nothing to stop it. And even though early in the game, beginning of the second quarter, it was 10 to three. And yet it seemed like it was 30 to nothing, because we did not control any of the flow of the game. But despite all this nonsense and this mess, we're still five and two, and it's not over. But something has to be addressed. Now, OB, you know this from your many years of playing. There are moments in life where things don't work out. And in time, you know, you, you have to realize, okay, there's going to be bad plays. There's going to be bad games. But in a game like this one last night, it's going to leave a mark. And that team right now has to reconcile the fact that even though they've been able to be somewhat successful, they're 5-2. Five, five wins, two losses. And yet, Nagy has all this at his feet. Now, I've, I said this two weeks ago, and I said there needs to be an intervention. And it has to happen, and it needs to be from the quarterback, Nick Foles. Now, unfortunately, last night was not his finest moment, his finest hour. But yet, he has to be the one that that asserts himself and says, we have to get this thing figured out. Now, it's all, in my mind, about evaluation. Now, think about this. You know, there's lots of different aspects of setting up a pro football team. And a lot of it is about evaluation. Knowing your players, knowing what they're capable of and what they're not. Knowing what they can do well and what they cannot do well. Now, at the end of the day, you have to realize that Matt Nagy seems to me like he's running on some kind of a different wavelength. And it's about him rather than the team. And football is a meritocracy. It's about the best players play And the best succeed. And if you can't cut it, well, guess what? Eventually somebody else is going to take your job, your spot. And that goes all the way up to the coach, and it goes all the way up to the general manager. Yes, our offensive line is a mess. They are harmless and pathetic. But at the end of the day, the three aspects that are most critical, the play design, last night, think about this, on the fourth and one, they have whims. At a tight end position on the wing, to be able to block down on a six-five, two hundred and sixty-pound defensive end linebacker, actually, but he was a defensive end, and he got shucked. And they get they give the ball to Patterson on a toss. Everybody in the stands was, you know, going to be able to make that play behind the line of scrimmage. So the play designs of of last night, you got to say they were an F.
4: That's the worst call, Dan. Of the entire season so far. Yes, but it it, it gets worse. Somebody's got to be mindless to even call that play.
2: So the play design is a failure. Number two, the player personnel and the packages. We saw Cole Komet come up with a brilliant catch. The next play, he gets a catch, and then we never see him targeted the rest of the night. So the player and the personnel that he uses on these groupings, are inferior. Think about this. What was it? Harris, early in the game, on second and seven, dropping a critical pass. It just dropped it. It's pro football. It's not high school. It's pro football. Now, at the end of the day, once you get past the design and the personnel grouping, it's the play calling. And that is the part that definitely Nagy deserves an F. It is time, high time. And we've been saying this for Two weeks now, we've seen it, we, we've bled it, and now it's time to address it. And it's, it's imperative that this team finds a way, short of mutiny, to say we have to get someone else calling plays because Nagy – Is incompetent and not able to do it for what happened last night. Think about this. The last month, once the season got going, okay, nobody had training camp, nobody had preseason games, but you think that at some point you will start to get in rhythm and start to be able to hone yourself into a position where you can count on a running game. But the last month, 71 rushes for 175 yards. Folks, that's 2.43 yards per. Uh, uh, average gain the last month. Now, last night, we saw it. It was the boy genius, McVay against McFly (laughs) and his bumbling crew. And it has to stop. And if you want to get in on this discussion, we want you to give us a call because I think it's time. It's time. Pitchforks and torches go up to Lake Forest and we say, we got to have somebody else call plays because we've seen it and it ain't
3: Working, OB, Let me have you respond. when We come on back here. Three one two nine eight one. Well, the big man ate up the whole time, he, uh, he he took us in a way that he's he, he carried he carried the opening. Oh, I got a lot
2: more too. I know you do. I haven't even talked about the defense. Oh it's Lord, he's so great. So, Give me a break. So, will they got you? hit in the face all night. So we're
3: oh. we're gonna hear from Matt Nagy responding to what Dan is <laughs> <laughs> requesting. Coming on back here, and then that oh, called hogging the mic. <laughs> I, I, I thought it was brilliant, and and perhaps yes, of course a, you'd say a, that a little bit of a hog situation but that's okay that's why 99 is the man <laughs> 312-981-7200 we got all night here till 10 o'clock adam hogan at 830 cause at nine your calls with us uh, the bears are five and two playoff started today they'd be in it but there is uh, some panic in the air 720
0: wgn foals looking back at the end zone and it's intercepted <laughs> troy hill tipped the ball and taylor Rapp on the interception Worst possible scenario for the Bears. It was
3: an ugly night for Nick Foles, but I got to tell you, as everyone has seen, it's hard to put on the quarterback right now. You need a miracle worker back there.
2: Well, and again, you know, I'm not off of... Let me just tell you this. How bad is the play calling? How bad is the dysfunction on the offense when in the back of your mind you're thinking... Surely they're not going to put Trubisky in. I mean, that's where we've gotten to. And of course, we've averaged, I think, 14.3 points in the four games that Nick Foles has started. 14 points. That, folks, I mean, you can't try to be that bad. You know, we had two red zone trips you just heard on the bumper. One was at an interception and the other was, you know, turning it over on downs. Two red zone trips, zero. And, both of them, you give the ball away, and at, at some point, you have got to say to yourself, "Okay, th- okay, we're having a bad night." Well, guess what? We've had a bad uh, two months, and it's it's time that it has to be addressed.
3: All right, Ob, it's your turn to get after well, this. <laughs> well, I'll
4: tell you, there there is so much negative, and and it's been building up. I mean, come on, they were five and one, but they played the three worst teams in the National Football League. I mean, uh, you you can't make this stuff up, folks. But I'll tell you, what Dan was talking about, the running game, and we had mentioned it last week. In week one, we played Detroit. In 60 minutes, we rushed the ball. We ran the ball for 28 yards. Next week, we played the New York Giants. We ran it for 32 yards. Now, folks, these are the two of the three worst teams in the National Football League. Dead-ass, lousy teams. Okay? Now, then we go play Atlanta. Their defense, by the time we played them the third game, that was ranked the worst defense in the league. How many yards did we get? 25 yards. So we went against Detroit. We ran for four quarters for 28. The New York Giants, 32. Atlanta, we run for 25. We play against the Colts. We lose that game. How many yards did we gain? 28 yards. Obi, you're doing carries. Worse. What? The, the big... excuse, yeah, excuse me, I'm, I'm wrong. Right, I'm wrong. I, I, it's, I see it was wrong. Yeah. I'm talking the, the against bottom... Detroit, we gained 149. Right. Against the Giants, it was the wrong number in the wrong place. I gained against New York, 135 yards. Atlanta, 130 yards. And we got 28 yards against the Colts. Now here's where, we're, here's where we go really south. Tampa Bay, was it 35 yards? Yes. Y- yes. Tampa and
3: big. Carolina, 63 yards. You don't even have to go through it. Rams, 48 yards. Right. And if you look at the NFL and uh, who's rushed for the least amount of yards in the league, a team that is built on running the football, who's wanted to run the football. The, the Bears
2: pillars are- of the Chicago Bears has been built on defense and running the ball. Right. We're last. And last night, neither one showed up. And you, okay, we gave, you know, we'll give the defense a lot of credit until the very end. They just started just collapsing, but it doesn't matter. The game is 60 minutes long. And you know what? How many games did you win when it was 10 to 9, OB? You just can't quit. You can't give up. You can't say, Oh, well, it's the offense's fault. No, it's a team and yeah, the defense, you're culpable. Yes, we are supposed to be a one of the top five defenses in football. Did you see it last night? No. Guess what Malcolm Brown ran over Roquan Smith at the goal line for a touchdown. You can you design your defense where your linebacker has a clean shot at the running back in the hole. It's an Oklahoma drill and yet we with we get dragged into the end zone. I mean, you're saying Roquan they took
3: the whole damn team into the end zone. I thought that was the most telling play of the whole night.
2: And and again It can't be a sometimes thing. It can't be when you're up. It can't be, you know, when you feel like it. It can't be, oh, the offense is putting up points. No, you got to be able to play and stop people, especially when the offense is struggling. But, again, it all goes back to the offense, and it all goes back to those three dimensions, the play design, the personnel, and the calling. All three flat Fs. Well,
4: gentlemen, you know, just before halftime, a couple of plays that jumped out at me. Uh, just before halftime, it was roughly, I think, about 20 seconds ago. Somewhere in that area there. Where they didn't call timeout? Uh, huh? They didn't call yeah. timeout? Rams tried to punt. Rams punt. We get the ball. We've got a timeout in our hands. Oh, you're talking about that And drive. we have a head coach who calls the plays, does not take advantage. He runs the clock out with a timeout with 20 seconds to go. Not at this time. Not in this
3: league. Yeah, and look, they, they on the final dry that they had before... That's the... no excuse for that. None. Of course, and... The final drive before the half, they just they just showed themselves in such a terrible way of being just completely and utterly unorganized. Taking weird, weird timeouts uh, on the way down, and then you have another chance to get the ball back, and he's sitting there, kind of like I. He still it's it was like he was stunned he, by what he had was happened.
2: Overwhelmed by the moment and the, and the and the point in time in the game, and and again, that is why. He, okay. And we're not saying it's not possible. And we're not saying that, you know, it couldn't work eventually. But it ain't working now. It, it, it's not working. And the play calling and the head coach has to separate.
3: What about... We haven't really addressed the offensive line, and we'll get to calls coming up in, in a little bit. Or Don, Dave, Stewart, Dan, we'll get to you right after the 7.30 Mark, news. ahead I just go want ahead. to jump in here quickly.
4: That, that, that was, that's one play that jumped up. Two did, and Dan eluded to the other one with Patterson. I couldn't believe on fourth and one, one yard to go, and he calls a belly toss and gets dropped for a
3: two-yard loss? On the short side of the field. Derby Coaches fired for less than that. Yeah, that part of it, I mean – His record in now, what, two and a half seasons is 25 and 14. So. And what have we won? Nothing. What have we won? Nothing. And in 2018, when they went
4: 12 and 5. Okay. Where did they rank? How tough was their schedule? I understand. How tough
3: was it? Not that tough, OB.
4: 32nd. They had the easiest schedule in the National Football League. Came back last year, and they had the 12th easiest schedule, and they went 8 and 8. You know what? We got to stop making excuses here, guys. You got a lot of guys, you got guys making millions upon millions of dollars as coaches, as players to perform and play one thing, to win a Super Bowl, to be a world champion. And guess what? The ship is going the other way.
2: And and zero touchdowns is about the end of the road. I, I that, just, that you can
3: You can't, but you guys would both agree though that you can't win without an offensive line, right? I mean, they are abysmal up front, right? That's
2: where you have to roll your sleeves up and find a way. And yeah, okay, Aaron Donald's a hell of a player. We got that, okay? What, you surrender because there's one guy? Well, evidently. And there was a play where they blitzed off the corner late in the game, and Foles couldn't get the ball out quick enough because the offensive line was torn, uh, was, was east blocking because Aaron Donald was lined up way out there on the far edge of the right tackle, and yet everybody turned their back on a, a blitzing uh, a corner off the edge, and the safety came over there and you know almost intercepted the ball. I'm, I'm telling you, the design. Of the Rams defense and offense versus the Chicago Bear game plan, it was an A plus in all categories.
3: Yeah, I mean Sean McVay.
2: And I mean really it night. is what it is.
3: You gotta hang the hat on the hook. All right. Let's uh let's do the news and get to you coming back here. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Bears are five and two. Playoff started today. They are the fifth seed in the NFC, but uh Yes, OB. will be well. No, I'll
4: just saying they've got still. They have a great shot at getting they, into playoffs. They absolutely,
3: do they still have? And we'll see. Let's. We're going to try to uh, let's build uh, an offensive plan by the by ten o'clock tonight. Seven twenty WGN.
0: And the Bears are not going to use that timeout. Why wouldn't you use the timeout at least force them to punt the football? I mean, you never know what's going to happen. You get a return, get a block, get something. We'll just let it run out. And the Rams will get the second half kickoff. And it's surprising.
4: I guess that moment should have been what's that all be R- fired
2: <laughs> hey folks real quick you just run right
3: down you're out of there yeah.
2: Okay, and again, in a game like that, you're looking for something, a catalyst moment. And we turn thing make something happen. Okay, so what if you block the punt or are you rough the kicker? It doesn't matter because guess what? It's going to be first and you know, first and 10 at the, you got 20. It doesn't matter. Put all 11 on the line and go try to block the kick. You it it, it doesn't it, it there could be a bad snap. He could muff it. It it does. but just to, throw the white flag up, and run into the locker room is embarrassingly sad.
4: Here's the other thing. We've got a kid that runs a 100-yard dash in two seconds in money, and I'll tell you what, we don't try at that particular time to end the score. He could catch it, make a touchdown, could be intercepted, could be knocked out, could be a lot of things. But one thing it could have been, it could have been interference, and it happens a lot, and guess what? If the 20 seconds runs out – and it's a defensive penalty. The game, the half cannot end on a defensive penalty. You got another shot, hopefully to kick a field goal or a shot to take a touchdown. And Nagy, you don't know that. You don't know that. You don't take advantage of that situation. You walk in. You let the
3: time run out with a with a timeout in hand and walk in. The, oh, now, the his response to that was very interesting today. By the way, he thought that basically it was overplayed. There was too much conversation about that one particular moment. And I would just remember That's how
4: you score a play, a touchdown in one particular moment. Well, if you you got a Mark, if you have a timeout, my God, take advantage. Don't you know
2: enough about this game to take advantage of that situation? And the rules have been changed to give the offense every advantage. But I would have put 11 on the line and tried to block it.
3: Curtis we have that exact cut let's hear that one from uh, man you know there's today.
1: a couple ways to look at it and and I think that um you know we did think about taking a time out there uh to possibly go after and get a block um and we just decided to, and I decided not not to call one there so I don't think I mean we, we ended up not I don't I don't think we caught one punt yesterday for different reasons not nothing against Ted Ginn but we didn't catch That's many punts the and they did a good job of Sky in it. So, if anything, maybe a block. What the hell you talking but, about? Uh, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't, you know, too concerned about that decision at the end of the half. I, was, I can say that.
4: Well, how about getting concerned about winning a football game?
3: That's so incredibly damning. Our punt return guy sucks. So, and Johnny Heckers having the greatest game in the history of punting. So, and I have no faith that we're going to block the punt. By the way, why? And Hamp, maybe you can explain this. OB will be you too, obviously, but like, I don't
2: think we've even tried to block a punt in seven games. It, I mean, what, 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 what we just, we just say, hey, we forfeit. Next week, because we we're not very good at running and throwing and and doing things, so we're just forfeit. We're just gonna we're just let the clock run.
3: Why can't Cotero Patterson is what I'm trying to get to? Why can't he? Why can't he be the punt it's returner? A diff- hey
2: guys, as far as punt returns, it's completely different. When you're a kickoff returner, you know nobody's going to hit you in the face when you catch the ball, and it's different. Some guys can handle it, some can't. So he- I, I couldn't do be a punt returner. No way. But a kickoff returner, at least you get a little bit of, you know, something going, some momentum, and then you get to pick a, a a lane. It's it's they're different animals, right? But the one we got right now, Ted Ginn, I thought they were not letting fans in the, the Coliseum. <laughs> he was he should have bought a ticket. All right, let's get
3: to the call. They they also signed today uh, a new we have, we have a new punt returner. Uh, potentially here
2: so it takes it takes a month to kind of figure out oh that's kind of important we need somebody to catch it the season's almost happen.
3: half over guys yeah well yeah. it will be after this uh, Sunday. let's get to the calls uh, okay we uh, don't care who signed yeah okay i i i feel terrible that i just somehow missed that in my notes all right we'll get to a second dave in florida welcome to wgn maybe you can return punts go ahead dave thanks for being patient
5: hey guys uh I've been calling you guys since the Eagles' uh, playoff loss a couple years ago, and Obradovich hit it correctly since that game. The offense is putrid. We averaged 26 points that year. La- uh, 2019, we're, we averaged 19 points. We're going backwards. As far as the evaluation, Hampton, you are correct. Why is Demetrius Harris out there dropping balls, getting penalties, And he continuously throughout the year gets opportunities when you have Cole Komet making big plays here and there. I don't understand it. I'm a high school coach. I only played college one year and I can see that. And I know you guys see that every day and probably yell at the TV screen just like me. It's just pathetic to see that display every single week that we know what's going on. The people, the fans know it, the commentators, you guys know it, but the People that are seeing these guys every single day on the field can't see that these guys. Ted Ginn is stealing money from the Chicago Bears. He Did Did you guys see that play where he, I don't know what punt it was, he had about a 5 yards head start on anybody that was in the area of the punt and decided to move away
3: and not even attempt to catch the punt.
2: Oh, yeah, we saw every Dave, one of it.
3: Dave, good call.
2: Yeah, Dave, and, and you know, Dave, again, you know, th- that's a microcosm. If, if Lou Holtz used to say, you take care of the little things, well, guess what? The big things take care of themselves. And I, 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 I'm just... The word flabbergasted. I, I, I don't understand. And especially if you're up, you know, 10 points or something, okay, go into the line, but you're, you're down and you're, you're, you, you're floundering. You're looking for a spark. Try to create it. You are in control. Call a timeout. Try to block the kick. Try to get the ball. Throw it deep. Try to get a defensive interference penalty. Then kick a field. Do something. Do something. Don't just lay down and roll over and die.
4: You know what, this isn't, you know, you're, Dan, we're here to look at, we would see the game quarter, play after play, quarter after quarter, game after game, and and try to pick out the good, bad, the indifferent, okay? But I'll tell you what, folks, I, I, you know, I still think we have a shot of getting in. I think 10 will get us in. Nine might even get us in. Because when we have to, again,. And I'm just looking at this schedule, and this is really important now to start looking at this schedule. We play Houston, one and six is their record. Jacksonville, one and six is their record. Vikings, one and five. Twice we have to play them. Okay, New Orleans, four and two. Lions, three and, three and three. Folks, we can get in, and and if they get in the playoffs, that's when all bets are off. But boy, I'll tell you what. Somebody has got to start, Dan, what you've been saying and what we've been talking about. Somebody's got to start taking a hard look at Nagy and what the hell he's doing. Because you're talking, going on the midway through this season, and he's talking, talking and saying, we've got to figure out what we're doing offensively. Is, is that not his words? That's Isn't all, that what yeah. he said?
2: He's, a, he's in complete control and charge of the design,
4: the players, that and we, the calls. We've got to figure out what we're doing, what we're trying to do
3: halfway through this season and that's what you have to say do you want to hear what he says about if you'll relinquish the play calling would you like to hear what he says on that let's let's hear it yeah okay
1: Matt Nagy will
3: you uh consider not calling plays the rest of the way
1: yeah you know I like I said I I always um I look at all that and and uh that's the very first thing that I look at is that and so I I talk to our coaches and we talk through that that whole process and I I am. I'm really, honestly, not opposed to. There's. There's no um, opposition from me if we feel like that. That's what the issue is, Um, and and so we we look at that Uh, right now where we're at. um, That's that's not where we think it's at. But at the same point in time, I'm gonna. I'll I'll always uh, continue each week to look at it. I mean. I'll say this too when you're in a little bit of a rut like we are a lot of bit of a rut like we are right now you're five um, and two you, you have idiot. To look at everything and sometimes even if it's just a little bit of a change somewhere too uh, you have to you have to be able to do that N- no one here coach and or player has too big of an ego to think that it's not them right as a player or a coach so we just we talk through those those kind of decisions and uh, you know we just keep evaluating and rolling and, and seeing where we're at
2: okay. Let's this listen this is this, about bro. evaluation, O.B. Wait, wait listen. Evaluating the situation. Look at the pump returner. Why has it taken a month for us to evaluate the fact that Ted Gann is useless? You think for one second Jimmy Johnson or Bill Belichick would have let him play the second game at pump returner? He would have been on the waiver wire until midnight every night finding somebody that wants to catch the ball and make something happen. not run away from it. Now, that's evaluation. If he can't evaluate that, how can we expect him to evaluate the fact that he is a miserable failure calling the plays, designing the plays, setting up the player personnel? How can we expect that? We need an intervention. And you're asking
3: your assistants, who you chose well, oh, like they're going to say, "Oh no,
2: you're horrible. You know, let me do it." <laughs> yeah, right. And they're going to be on the the hey, first bus hey, out of town. Hey,
4: gentlemen, let me just say, jump in here with He's that gotta right say now. It. Okay,
2: I'm going to this week. We're going to try this.
4: Right. Let me tell. You, Nagy offensively had four new hires this year, folks, on the offense. Lazora or Lazar, whatever, however you want to pronounce his name, he supposedly is the offensive coordinator. John D. Filippo, quarterbacks coach. Juan Castillo, the line coach. Clancy Barone, tight ends coach. And then he promotes Dave Bergone to the passing game coordinator. Do you tell me what the hell that is, Dan? You it got an offensive working. coordinator. You got a quarterback's coach. And now we have a passing game
3: coordinator. He and co- we
4: can't hit a bull in the backside from 10 yards with a scatter
3: gun. This is a joke. 312 981 He coordinates the passing game, OB. That's what Dave Ragone does. Um, all well, right.
4: What do the other four new coaches do? Uh, it's explain co- that it's one. Uncoordinated, to me. I'll tell you that.
3: Come on. Keep going. Explain the other four. I, I, I don't know if I have that in me right now. I, and I probably shouldn't have gone in the first one. Carl, yes, I think you shouldn't have either. Carl, Kofi, <laughs> Stewart, you're coming on back here with. Uh, the 5-2 and two Bears, damn it. And by the way, the, the kick returner they signed, Dwayne Harris, who they picked up last week, put him on the practice squad. He's 33 years old. He's got four punt return touchdowns. He's well-respected, 10.1 yards per return. So here we go. Good old... Dwayne is coming to the rescue. That makes
2: so Ryan Pace goes out and finds a 33-year-old guy to take over. Okay, well, how about it. picking up an offensive
3: coordinator along the oh, way too? Well, and I just <laughs> uh, hey, listen, retired practice squad old offensive lineman. They that should all be going on right now. 720 WGN. <laughs> big night for leonard yeah the rejects are kicking butt now (laughs) i mean oh
2: just it it never ends
3: well i i don't think the bears are necessarily wrong for not picking up his 13.2 million dollar option but it is painful right guy's got four sacks he's got two against us now robert when i'm waiting to i mean i I, he's done something but he hasn't done a whole lot right
2: yeah he's he's the least of my worries all I know is that, you know, first we got to get to the caller. Secondly, there has to be some major winds of change because this is as I think it was Dave 20 minutes ago said, "Hey, we're going backwards. We got to turn it around."
4: Well, defensively, we still still can win the Super Bowl with this defense, but I'm telling you, Danny mentioned That's it so earlier, sure. that window is closing and it's really starting to close now because we're holding people and the high 300s, low 400 yards, and total yards gained against us. Got, ain't looking good, folks. Time's running out.
3: Stewart in Lake Bluff. Welcome to Hamp and OB on WGN. Go ahead, Stewart.
6: Hey, guys. Uh, question about Corderell Patterson and his kickoff returning last night. I mean, here's a big, meaty guy on a huge, meaty contract. And, and Hamp, you were talking about why kickoff returner can get ahead of Steve and pick a lane yet he ran almost every kick, kickoff straight to the sidelines before he even got to the 20, and he doesn't
7: use his size to pound people. Is this guy afraid of getting hit, and is this what his prior team
8: saw in him and one of the reasons they let him leave?
2: Well, Thanks for the call, Stuart. Yeah, Stuart, you're, you're right. Yeah, The guy went to the Pro Bowl last year as a returner. He was all pro. And, you know, it is what it is. And, yeah, like I said in the open, hey, sometimes you have a bad play, sometimes you have a bad game. But now – A lot of the things we kind of counted on, now they're starting to evaporate, just as OB said. The defense, hey, you know, the the Rams, you know, they used three different backs last night, but they ran the ball for 161 yards. And it's like they, they never even really worried about it. They lined up and went back to the huddle and they were laughing and having a lot of fun. So the thing about Cordero Patterson is he has certain talents. Being in the backfield and fourth and one for a pitch ain't one of them. Are we ready
3: to punt on him being in the backfield? Period. Because I, I think we, we. Get, I mean, I'd like to see Artavius Pierce get a shot at it. Somebody back, somebody a running back who knows how to run the
2: football naturally. It just he doesn't look comfortable back there. Am I missing something? Well, and and again, it's it's, it's a position that he had. He's used. He he's kind of like a wildcat guy. You can use him two, three, five times a game as a change of pace, but. If your running game's not working with your regular running back, it's not the, the back, it's the, play, it's the play design and the offensive line.
3: Yep. Carl in Riverside, thank you for being patient. Welcome to Hampton OB on WGN. Go ahead.
2: Hey, guys. Uh, I just tuned in a little
9: while ago, so I apologize for that. But uh, uh, maybe touched on this before, I don't know. But according to my recollection, we had two possessions uh,
2: before our opponents scored. Is that correct? Uh, last night we hit, we possessed the ball twice. Yeah, why why can't we score? Why can't we put points on the board first?
3: <laughs> ah, you want the yeah. early lead, Carl?
2: Well, Carl, if you would have turned in uh, uh, tuned in about uh, what forty five minutes ago, I went through a whole litany of the the different reasons why this offense is dysfunctional, and a lot of them is laid at the feet of the head coach who want to be play caller coordinator, Matt Nagy. We got bad plays designed. We got poor personnel decisions on the grouping and the players that are playing. We talked about Demetrius Harris instead of Cole Komet or Jimmy Graham. And then the third thing is the actual play calling on fourth and one, you're going to pitch it, run at him. and, you know, try to get physical. You know, I, I, I again, there's a lot of reasons why this thing has really went sour. But at the very root of it is, you ha- on offense, you have to find something you can hang your hat on. And when the 49ers came out in the early 80s with that West Coast offense. They knew they weren't good enough to run the ball to people and good enough to throw it down the field, so they threw a bunch of little dinky passes to Roger Craig and other guys, and they moved it right down the field. It was five-yard throws all the way down, but they were good at it. They did what they had to do. They they suited the personnel that they had available. Now, when they got Jerry Rice, then it, and John Taylor, then it's bombs away. But we don't have that, so we have to be smart enough in evaluating what we can and cannot do.
4: That's the problem, Dan. And we don't have. And we don't have there.
2: that. Yep, we don't have a... Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have done a a horrible job of evaluating what this offense is capable of doing. Identifying it and saying, this is what we're going to do.
4: Yeah, Carl, just going back to to this game, and again, going back with 20 seconds to go with a timeout just before the end of the half, and obviously, obviously you as a head coach or somebody on you, nobody seems to understand the rules there. Okay, And that's a time you should have taken advantage of it. 20 seconds left, you got a timeout, and you run the clock out. You don't even attempt to score a touchdown or try to get in position for a field goal. And the reason I'll say it again, you cannot in a half on a penalty or a game on a defensive penalty. We don't even take advantage of that rule. Let alone sit there and not use a timeout and run the damn clock out. And you're sending your players out there and tell them, go get them, boys. Go get them. When you was a head coach and your coaching staff, obviously from this past game, the game plan,
3: you don't know what the hell you're talking about. They did the turtle action. I, it's worse than not knowing the rules. He knew, he knows the rules. He just he gave up at that moment. He paralyzed him. He, let's get Kofi in Oak Park here on 720 WGN. What's up, Kofi? Hey, what's up,
7: guys? Uh, how y'all doing? Good. Yeah. So, yeah, I watched the game, and man, where do I start? First off, let's talk about the offensive line, right? You have the whole offensive line completely clueless, don't know what to do about this this whole uh, a running game. So you have like these two guys, these two uh, left tackle. You have Charles Leno, and you got Bobby Match, and all these three other guys, right? That can't block to save their own life. And it's like you have this running back, David Montgomery, who's a good running back, and you don't know how to utilize him. And Matt Nagy, who who can't uh, uh, cater to their player's strengths, you run a fourth and one with Cordero Patterson in a back, a half-back toss, and and you have David Montgomery, a guy who's a good running back, who can take those, uh, who can fight for those small yards, and then you run with him. It's like, wh- what's going on with Matt Nagy? I, I I don't, I don't know what type of game I'm watching, but, like, this guy, he cannot coach to save his own life. And this is what pisses me off because this is the charter franchise of the NFL, and everybody is making fun of us because we can't coach. It's the same thing over and over and over again. We have a great defense, a Super Bowl-caliber defense. That's being wasted. This is the third year in Matt Nagy's offense. Great call, Kofi. We're up against the
3: uh, news here. We'll respond to all that coming back here, but we understand yeah, your frustration. I'd like
4: to respond to to what Kofi said, and I totally agree with him, but i like to add a little more to it. And we'll do that afternoon,
3: 720 WGN.
10: Hamp and OB. When Coach Nagy and I talk on the sidelines, we'll go through plays in different situations and go through the defense, and I'll be honest, like, hey, you know, right now, maybe get the ball out quicker. Um, they're bringing some pressures. Hey, maybe we don't have the time right now for this type of drop. It's easier with that to go, hey, one, two, three, fall out. Those are actually conversations Coach Nagy and I have on the sidelines so that when we go to the field, we're ready to roll. Now back to Dan Hampton and Ed
3: Obradovich. All right, let's do it. Second hour of the show here. Would love to... Get everyone's take on what happened with Brian Greasy and Nick Foles and Matt Nagy about what's going on with the plays being sent in and whether or not Matt Nagy knows how long his quarterback has to throw the football. I don't think that Brian Greasy and and Nick Foles had a conversation that uh, Brian Greasy misunderstood. Hampo, did you think there was a misunderstanding there?
2: No. And you know what? Being on both sides of the coin, you know. Obviously, I talked to the media a lot when I played, and then when I was working for NBC for five years, I would go in and talk to players. And Nick Foles probably said some things to Brian Greasy that you would say quarterback to quarterback, okay? And Greasy obviously overstepped his his, you know. You know, confidence with with Foles by saying a few things about you know him, alluding to the fact that the offensive line has struggled and they can't protect him most of the time, and obviously anybody watching the game can see that. But that that will be another impediment. The thing I hate is that it's almost like Nick Foles has now started you know putting a knife in some, you know, his teammates back saying that they're not very good or this or that. When we need foals to be the voice of reason and be able, as we just heard on that bumper, Hey, I need to tell Nagy we can't do a seven step drop. We're not capable of protecting. So we have to do other things, you know, maybe some bootlegs, maybe some, uh, you know, five step drop, get the ball out quick, uh, some uh, quick slants, different things. But, for whatever reason, you know, Greasy, you know, thinks he's got to blurt out everything he hears, and now we got this little hornet's nest going. Well,
4: you know what, Danny? I've been saying that since Nagy's been here. With our offense, you got to move that pocket. You got to sprint out, stronger weak side, and you got to bootleg. But then again, the only way a bootleg is going to work is if you have a running game. And again, our last four games against the Colts, 28 yards, Tampa Bay, 35, Carolina, 63, Rams, 48 yards. We ain't fooling anybody with our running game. Therefore, that takes out the bootleg passing time. game, the play-action passing. It takes it out, Dan, we, it, because the first responsibility of a D-lineman is the run, okay? they The Bears, they just tee off and go. They don't give a damn. They don't care.
3: So – I thought one really interesting stat from last night, and it's interesting. You're talking about the bootleg. If we're going to go, we might as well bring Mitchell Trubisky back if we're doing that. But the Rams last night they had four sacks, eight quarterback hits. Okay, and Foles was getting rid of the football, average of two point five five seconds. He was holding it under three seconds. That's the sixth fastest, according to the to next gen stats. So he was back there and he was firing it, and he still got sacked four times, hit eight times. I mean, S- can't, 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 what,
4: where were the, here, let's go back to the coaching again. Mark, if first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, you make adjustments. And if they're coming in, batting them around,
3: get them out of the pocket, move the pocket, bootleg, sprint out. But he can't move. The hell he can't. He's, well, he certainly can't move as well as Mitch. Mark,
4: listen, you could have Mitch. Trubisky, all you want. I don't okay, wa- I don't. What want like Aaron Rodgers is fleet of foot. Tom Brady is fleet of foot. Give me a break. Move the pocket. Sprint it out. Bootleg it out. Do something. Get away from the pass rush. Don't just keep dropping back and getting your ears pinned back every damn
3: time. Three one two nine eight one. Am I st-
4: making sense here, Dan? Yes, sir. Well,
3: what would I mean? Look, you're. Cody Whitehair now has a calf injury, so now you're now you're working on a new center. You've lost James Daniels, you've got Jermaine Fetti who leads the league in penalties for the last four years. I mean, you've got Bobby Massey's at best average. Charles Leno's having, having a terrible year. I mean, they've got a nightmare in front of them right now.
2: Yeah, they do, and that is
3: uh, whose is fault is that? Ryan Pace. That is Ryan Pace's fault. There
2: you go. And you know, we could talk about the fact that you know we you know the offensive line you know back in my day a lot of people said a quarterback on offense is most important position and defensive line on defense the the guys that can stop a good quarterback and then there was other trains of thought that john madden said the offensive line is the most important part of his team and the cornerbacks which allow the def- a, a, a middling defensive line to be very effective if the corners can cover an extra And you second. bring the
4: blitz package so, in.
2: So there's lots of ways to try to be successful. Unfortunately, we've got a template. And again, it goes back to the three areas that I talked about, play design, personnel, and the play calling. The very first part of that is the play design. The plays that we have designed are not working. And, you know, you the old saying, get a bigger hammer, it doesn't matter. If your offensive line is struggling, you've got to junk that set of offensive plays and come up with something that you think can be successful. That is the coach's first priority. And, unfortunately, it doesn't work and then, you know, the coach says, well, we talked about other people being involved and maybe play calling. and, and But maybe m- the most important part is evaluating the players and what they're capable of and what they can do. And if you've got a guard that has no chance of blocking Aaron Donald, then the first thing you do is say, we're going to double him every play. On a pass, and you keep the back end if you have to. You keep a tight end to help, and and you you slide the line to wherever Aaron Do- Donald was. So and but you know what, the Rams are pretty smart. They did some twist with Donald where they they were sliding the line towards Donald, they and did. they were blitzing off the other side. So again. There's there's a lot of ways to skin a cat, but we don't even try anything other than the set plays that Nagy showed up with in his playbook, and they're not working. I'll tell you
3: one guy who continues to impress, and it could have made the stats look a whole lot better last night if they had connected on a 95-yard bomb to Darnell Mooney. But he this kid... He's got not just speed, he's got really good moves. He's, he's, he's got pretty good hands, too. Yeah, and that, too. He catches the football. Which
2: goes back to why didn't we accept the punt, call the timeout, and then throw it down the field and make them go maximum protection and make them commit a penalty.
4: How how Nagy I mean, it was just... not called on the carpet, I mean vigorously, by the press in this town for that particular part alone. That, with 20 seconds to go on the timeout, and you surrender, you you let the clock run out without knowing what you have. It cannot end on a defensive penalty, and you don't take
3: advantage of it. I got to tell you, as far as the press in this town, of which I am a part of at times, and I love being a part of it, uh, J.J. Stankovic, I was super impressed that with four minutes to go last night, Here's Brian Greasy on the broadcast. Why don't we play that one more time, Curtis?
0: We were talking to Nick Foles yesterday, and he said, you know, sometimes play calls come in, and I know that I don't have time to execute that play call. And, you know, I'm the one out here getting hit. Sometimes the, the guy calling the plays, Matt Nagy, he, he doesn't know how much time there is back here. And so that's something that they have to get worked out. He took that exact
3: quote from Greasy and said it to the head coach. This is what Brian Greasy said and, and read it to him. I haven't seen many reporters do that. That was a big time play by JJ, and 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 I, to, to Matt's credit, he handled it as as well as I thought he could possibly handle. That was a tough spot for him.
1: I, I don't i don't know we you, you'll have to whenever you talk to nick just kind of see where he's at with that i i that's not
3: why don't you see where
4: he's nick at Nick
1: and i have a pretty good relationship and he hasn't said i mean he, he'll probably explain what he meant by that
6: yeah did, did you feel like today though that the, the play calls you were getting in nick did have enough time to execute them
1: i don't know i gotta watch the tape and see i know there's a couple here or there where, um you know you're in scat protection certain times and and they might make you hot here or there, but I I have no idea. You know, you just, you just I have to go back and see it, exactly what what the deal is. Um, no, I know the as far as the play, if you're you saying the play's getting the ball, in you know. to be able to call the play, there's no issue there. I don't know what the, the next part was. All
3: right, let, let's come back and talk about all that. To Hampo. Well,
2: the, the other broadcast member, Reddick, he basically said in his estimation, the plays are just too simplistic, and it's so easy for the defense to stop them. There's no, you know, uh, in intricacy to it that would create, you know, uh, mayhem and confusion for the defense. It's almost like we line up and they they tee off and here they come and we don't have any, you know, any ulterior move to stop them. You know, a lot of times with with a great pass rush, the screen game is 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 hugely important. How many times did we screen last night? I don't remember any. None. None. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm just saying, this is all insanity, and we're here screaming at, at, at you know from the uh, 18th floor, and yet, you know, the broadcasters are basically telling you, "Hey, there's something really wrong with this offense."
3: Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Adam Ho, coming up at the bottom of the hour at seven twenty. WGN
0: from the floor. off office back. forever. And Foles couldn't get it to him. Fourth
3: down. He was wide open. And it wasn't really Nick Foles' fault. Right? He had to throw it before he even came out of his break. And
2: you know what? The the, the broadcast, excuse me, broadcast crew did a great job of, of talking really about how Foles couldn't step into his throws because of the collapse of the pocket. And again, it goes back to what Greasy was saying Nagy calls a play and Foles has to call it knowing he's not going to have enough time to step into the throw so it's 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 got very little chance of it succeeding.
3: We did have time tonight to uh, step into Bartolini's restaurant and catering, family owned and operated, and offers the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland. Uh, your lovely wife Ann was here tonight. Ob, yeah. I mean, heaven not She
4: had, had the meatballs? Their meatballs. I'm going to tell you, they're second hand. Oh, yeah. Nobody could make meatballs better than
2: I mean, those people. I mean, Nobody. The best on the planet. I mean, she was glowing ear to ear on if the meatballs If ever comes down there, well, that was for you, two, two reasons. She didn't have to cook, and she got a free meal. <laughs> and in if nagy ever shows up saying which he, i liked if nagy shows up saying he knows how to make a meatball don't let him you guys are awesome
3: <laughs> located at 144th at pulaski don't let nagy in in midlothian actually let him in. He he deserves a good meal too bartolini's open seven days a week for dine in patio seating, and to go orders 708-396-2333 ken rockton illinois welcome to hampton ob on wgn go ahead
9: Oh, okay. Yeah. Thanks. Um, good job, guys, for playing for the Bears when you did. You know, from sixty-three to eighty-five was a long time when they had to wait, and now you know it's been thirty-five years, and so they need to win a championship. I mean, this is this is ridiculous, and you know they got to start. Uh, I don't know how people can expect us to just you know come up there and then just lose, not win championships. I don't. And so, and they got to beat Green Bay. I mean, that's ridiculous for so long Green Bay has beaten us and they expect us to still just you know take that I I mean come on and Maggie needs to go he's not doing a good job I mean I and either five and two but come on man
3: Ken how old are you Ken I'm 60 you're 60 years old
9: for over 50 years right how you know, how many times? i mean, put up with it a lot, and I, I just, I'm done. I want to see the Bears win the Super Bowl. I mean,
3: come on, man. Ken, so, how many games do you watch a year? All of them. I haven't missed a game since 1977. Hasn't missed a game since 77. What do you think? we Should should we give him a $50 card? Yeah, absolutely,
2: gift card? Ken. Uh, and, and let me just tell you this, and this is what OB and I are talking about. Last week in the press conferences that uh, Matt Nagy conducted, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, he mentioned the fact that, They were five and one, nine separate times. So there is a little hubris. And and in other words, hey, hey, you don't know what's going on. We do. We're five and one. But OB and I, we have been to the top of the mountain. We know what it takes. We know what gets you there. And we're trying to scream from the top of this building, you're on the wrong track. You're not going in the right direction, especially on the offense. And just like you, we are frustrated to no end. But but, unlike a lot of people that just criticize, we're giving solutions. If only they would listen.
4: Ken, here's the other ball thing. Ball offensively, yeah. we need, you talk about help. We need help from everywhere, every every avenue you could think of offensively. Again, we got you know almost halfway through, and we can still get in the playoffs. But I'll tell you what, Ken, and listen to me on this one. Offensively, there's so many things you can do. But when you take out totally a phase of a game, and I'm talking about play action, which also runs into bootlegging. When you take out a whole offensive program that you can put into play quarter after quarter, Why? Because you can't run the football. So there is no respect to stop the run. The four down linemen, the blitzing, the line tricks, they're coming after foals. They're just teeing off going after. Why? We have no running game. And they don't know how to fix it. And didn't we draft Montgomery to get rid of Jordan Howard to improve our running game? And one of the most important plays, fourth and one, late in the third quarter. And who do we have in the backfield? You got to be kidding me! This is stupid football.
3: Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. I I I'm with you, Ob. This you you can't,
4: Mark. I I I can't I I can't say it strong enough. You offensively, you got to have everything going for you all four quarters and to take a total phase of an offensive system out and I'm talking about play action because you can't run the damn the football in this day and age and we have coaches halfway through the season that can't figure this out? Are you kidding me? Well, I do... Go ahead,
3: go ahead.
2: Well, I... I mean, we're we're almost speechless about how obvious a lot of the solutions have to be, okay? There has to be, you know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's a little light, but they've got to move towards that, and they're not, and that's what's perplexing us. By the way, OB, you've got a book here. It's called The Twins, and and Ken brought up the fact— that you know he wants championships in the '63 championship game, he obviously he was born the year before that, but this is a book about a couple of clubhouse kids that you knew very well.
4: yeah, it's funny they, the, the twins they they sent me a, a book, and <clears throat> excuse me a second, it's Tony and Carol Rosica. and when they were young kids, they're twins, and in 60, they were in '63, Dan, there were a they were, uh, locker room attendance for Bill Martel. And then they went with the Cubs, and 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 what they they wrote a beautiful book here called "The Twins: A Journey of a Left, of, of a Lifetime." Twin brothers' journey through Chicago sports history and their recollections of a bygone era. And it's about Sid Luckman, Yosh uh who was the equipment manager for the Cubs, Ditka, Chico Mackey. Uh, Bobby Howe. They every, weren't stealing jerseys yeah, back then, Martin. And you know what? And it's a great <laughs> book. and it's, some, it's I think it's a great read. So again, it's called The Twins, The Journey of a Lifetime. And you can get it at Amazon.com and Bar- BarnesandNoble.com.
3: Oh, my God. The Ruseca Twins. And see if you Carl got a, and Tony. Get a Football 101 book for you-know-who. That was really well done, O.B. The the Amazon and the Barnes & Noble, the whole thing thrown in there. Hard to be humble. I I was was impressed. Hard to be humble, brother. Uh, Football for idiots. uh, You can get that, too. Our our guy, uh, was it Ken? Yes. He gets a $50 gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering Family-Owned and Operated, serving the best Italian cuisine in Chicago, plus the world-famous meatballs. Get the, meatball, yeah. Get the meatballs, yeah. Get the meatballs! Get the meatballs. Get the chicken, too. Hey, Mike, in Clarendon Hills, welcome to Hampton OB on 720 WGN. Be quick, Mike. Go ahead, though.
5: Okay. Hi, guys. How you doing? Good, Good. Mike. Uh, I just want to thank you guys for
6: this Son, uh, You served in the Bears, and uh winning the, the Super Bowl was awesome. I follow the Bears and watch them all the time, but like I get dread just watching and seeing what, what's going on with this defense and this office. Office doesn't have a running game. Why don't you just pick up on Bell, for instance? I mean, if Montgomery ain't doing a job, pick up the Bell. Pay, pay enough money to get him to run the game. Because his running game is dead. They should have kept Jordan Howard, because Montgomery ain't doing jack. And, you know, uh... they should. There's so many problems with the and of defense right now, it's just sad. All right, man. not the magician.
3: Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. Le'Veon Bell, who ended up with the Chiefs. I, I, don't. That's fine. They could have done that, but I. The problem is not David
0: Montgomery.
2: No, it. no. I, you know, hey, look. The kid has a lot of a lot of talent, but it, it, it it's wasted with this offensive line and the play design.
3: Eight thirty. Adam Ho, coming up right after the news. It's seven twenty. WGN.
6: There's a fine line between winning and losing in the NFL. Wow!
2: Wow! Wow!
10: Adam Hogue rhetorically dancing with his verbiage.
3: Oh, it's a big night. Adam Hogue's got his own open now. Thanks, Ernie Scadden. You're the man. 8.36, Hampton OB till 10. He's not going Hollywood now, is he? I mean, I don't know. He's got his own open. It's kind of big. Adam Hogue, you weren't expecting that, were you, buddy?
6: No, it only took six years.
3: Oh, now we, g- <laughs> <laughs> now we got ourselves a full diva. I like it.
6: Well, yeah, I got to play the part. That's from our podcast.
3: Oh, okay, I didn't know that. I like that my bad, yeah, my Ernie bad. Is our
6: guy er- Ernie does our podcast opens, and uh, he's the best. And I appreciate him. So, one thing we haven't covered
3: tonight, and Hample wants to jump in and and get at you here, but I'm just going to ask you about when did Matt Nagy figure out that now it's good to go for it on fourth and one no matter where you are in the field and no matter what level of offensive line talent you have? Rashad Cowherd saved him a lot of questions by jumping off sides because it didn't look to me like they were going to get there. I, I don't know if this is a good plan here, Adam Hogue.
6: Yeah, uh interesting is that's the exact same spot on the field that Bruce Arians went for on fourth down against the Bears. And we all kind of looked at that like a lack of respect for the defense, right, that he just felt so confident. It's a little different, though, because I think he had a better offensive line, and he also had Tom Brady, who's the best at quarterback sneaks out there uh, among quarterbacks. So, yeah, that was a tough spot. Uh, Maybe a little bit of desperation. Jalen Ramsey made a tremendous play on uh, Javon Williams to, to make sure the Bears were short, and Sean McVay correctly challenged it. Uh, I don't know if they would have got it or not, but I wasn't surprised somebody jumped offside or false started because that's just... Uh, you knew the offensive line was going to do something wrong there.
2: Well, Adam, big picture. You know, we've... I don't know. Have you had a chance to listen in the first 90 minutes? Uh, bits and pieces, but not the whole thing. Okay, well... Yeah, I, My, my assertion is, you know, obviously there's a, there's a lot of blame to go around, but most of it has to be pointed back at Matt Nagy. And there's three phases of offense as far as you, the first one is the play design. Okay. And for instance, the fourth and one with Cordell Patterson, you got Javon Wims trying to block a 260 pound outside linebacker. It ain't going to work no matter what. So that, to me, that's, that's an idiot play. You don't, you, you, you have to evaluate your personnel and know that's a mismatch. He can't do it. He can't block it. And so it's a dead play. So why would you even think about that? But the first part is play design. I give the Bears an F. Everything failed. Number two, the player personnel groupings. Why was drop Mitri Harris in the first quarter with the being thrown at when You got Jimmy Graham and you got Cole Komet. Cole Komet makes the biggest play of the night. And yet we got this slug dropping, you know, passes on second and seven in a critical, critical situation where you need, need to not only keep the Rams off the field, but you need to get a first down. But the last and maybe the most important and most glaring is the play calling the play for the, you know, specific down and distance and time. All of these different things, you have to give the Bears an F. So my assertion two weeks ago was there has to be an intervention and it needs to be from Nick Foles. And he needs to go in and tell Nagy it ain't working. Now we can keep beating on, you know, the dead mule or we can go in another direction. And last night, Brian Greasy made a comment. Well, Reddick made a comment, said the offensive plays are so simplistic. It's, it's child's play for the defense to stop it, But, Greasy made the the, 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 uh, uh, the comment that in talking with Nick Foles, I get play calls in, and I know it's going to be a loser because I know we can't protect long enough for that certain route or that pattern to open and the play be successful. So don't you think at some point behind closed doors there has to be maybe a momentous change? And, yeah, I know, they're 5-2. and two, I got it. But you know and I know not scoring a touchdown in a game like this that's billed as a matchup, and I'm not saying wannabes, but, hey, the Bears and the Rams, they look like they're going to be a part of the postseason. Well, if we play like that, if we even get into the playoffs, we ain't going nowhere.
6: Yeah, I mean, look, that it's all fair, and it's it, – it, I mean, you summed it up pretty good because, it's—it like you said, it's in multiple layers. It's the play calling, it's the play design, it's the players. Um, And it's why the offense is, across the board, ranks second or third to last in almost every category. So, you know, I don't necessarily know what the answers are, but like you're getting at, Hamp, something needs to change. And what I wrote last night is that everything should be on the table. You want to talk about a new play caller? Let's talk about it. You want to talk about putting Trubisky back in there? I don't necessarily know that no. that solves anything. I do know <laughs> that he could probably run away from Aaron Donald faster than Nick Foles can, though. And, but more so, this is all I know. You can't line up against the New Orleans Saints on Sunday at 325 with the same 11 players out there on offense and the same play design and the same offensive philosophy. And expect to get different results. I think I think we've seen that so far this season. That something needs to change.
3: What about my guy Artavis Pierce? Can I get him off the practice squad and get him in the backfield, and we can just let Cordell Paris Patterson do what he does?
6: Well, you know, when you bring that up, because I just put up my 10 Bears things for this week, Carm, and that's actually mentioned in there. Believe it or not. All right. Um, it's. Because look, what we learned today is that the quarterback is not going to change this week, and we learned today that the play caller is not going to change this week. Okay, so what can change? Well, for one, I'd like to see Alex Barr play on the offensive line. Um, part of my frustration watching that game last night is there are things to me that were obvious going into that game that should have been changed that weren't. I watched the last two games the Bears had against the Rams the last two years. I watched every single Aaron Donald snap and the most glaring difference between 2018 and 2019 was that Rashad Coward was in the game. He didn't have to be in the game on Sunday, but Matt Nagy stuck with him and it was not a surprise that Aaron Donald had eight pressures on the night. He only had half a sack when the night was over, but he had eight pressures according to next gen stats. So that's that's one thing that needs to change. You brought up Demetrius Harris earlier. It's been not only has it been glaring for weeks, that Cole Komet should be getting those snaps and playing more. It was three weeks ago today that Matt Nagy first admitted that. So, like you brought up, Hamp early in the game yesterday, and Cole Kmet's still out on the field, and Demetrius Harris is, and he drops another pass. So, that, to me, that's something that should have been corrected before the game. Ted Ginn, Jr., from the point Terry Cohen got hurt, Tedkin Jr. has not shown very much interest in catching these punts. It's like they've just decided not to have a punt returner this year. Why did it take till today for them not to sign a new player or try anyone else? Darnell Mooney, Artavious Pierce. I don't know that Artavious Pierce changes anything, Carm, but I do know he's been inactive. I know that Riley Ridley's been at- inactive. I'm not necessarily saying that these guys are going to save the season. But like I said, I don't think putting the same 11 players out there uh, and running the same exact plays is going to work against the New Orleans Saints.
2: Okay, And, and part of this equation is about evaluation. Now, the ultimate evaluator is the general manager. He's the boss of Nagy. Now... If you're the general manager and you see what Ted Ginn has done as far as refusing to commit to be a part of the punt return unit for for a month, what do you wait? What do you? What do you basically just say? We're not even going to try to utilize that concept or that play, which is amazing. When we had a guy here that went into the Hall of Fame 15 years ago returning punts, okay? So we all know how important. That can be, especially when you have a dysfunctional offense and how important the the, the the gain and field position on every punt or punt return could be to the big picture. And yet for a month, we basically said, ah, we're not interested in it. That is part of the evaluating process of the general manager, if not the head coach. But both of them are guilty of refusing to accept the fact that they're de- delinquent on the job. this ha- This should have been this should have been addressed after the first week. We've been talking about it for a month. But furthermore, the evaluating process. Why would who in their right mind would put? Dimitri Harris on the field when you have Comet or Jimmy Graham that you could utilize instead. Who evaluates them that that situation to say, "Oh, I'm going to take this nobody and put it out there in front of my second round pick and a guy that's maybe a Hall of Famer someday." Who's making those calls?
4: Clancy is it Barone or Barone? How is that pronounced? Barone. Barone. Clancy, he's the tight ends coach that he's the guy that makes the recommendations when who should be in at what down and what distance. That's his job. He's one of the new coaches that Nagy hired. Clancy Barone. Well he's the tight end coach. So my coach. point
2: is who's ever evaluating ain't evaluating very well.
3: A- Adam, hang on a second here. We're gonna take a two minute time timeout and take you up to the top of the hour. I
0: want an- answer uh, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: we'll, we'll get it coming on back here yes OB no Nothing. you're you're all right okay yeah. all right quick timeout. it's 720 WGN Jeff Vukovic is back you got a fill in for hamp OB he's
0: <laughs> the Vuk there he it is, is. My,
3: the Vuk straight shooter he knows insurance he's on your side he'd love to help you one more time I like that better than Dan's I like mine the Vuk that's pretty good nationwide if, is wait, if I say so
4: myself it's better than Dan's Vuk Yes, yeah, see there it is. A little weak and short.
3: Yeah. Me and you, Hoagie, and Nationwide. Nationwide Vuk.
6: Is on your side. We love
3: you, Vuk. Check out JeffVook.com. Nationwide is indeed on your side. All right. You wanted an answer, Hampa, so Obi or rather Adam, you are up on, on the on the revolving door that is the Bears' tight ends. i I'm, I'm assuming that Demetrius Harris is out there because he can block, but somehow he's always in a position where he needs to now catch the football and he can't do that.
6: Yeah, but I remember uh, I remember seeing against the uh, the Panthers two weeks ago multiple missed blocks by Demetrius Harris when I went back and watched the tape. Um, I also remember Clancy Barone, who uh, Ob brought up, raving about a block Cole comet had against uh, the, the Buccaneers a couple weeks a few weeks ago. So you, you know what. I don't have – I wish I, I had a better answer. This is of, – of all the things I can't explain to me, it's, it's why a second-round pick that appears to – he appears to know how to block. He appears to know how to run routes. He appears to know how to catch. He appears to know what's going on with the playbook. And it's really hard to do all those things as a tight end and a rookie in the NFL. Why Cole Komet's not playing more – And especially when they keep telling us every week that he's going to play more. So I I, I can't explain it. And, And the other thing I want to point out on this topic is to me, because he did finally play more snaps than Demetrius Harris yesterday, but it was only two. There was still an enormous gap between, Jimmy Graham, who I think played seventy have it in front of me here, seventy six percent of the snaps Jimmy Graham did, and Cole Komet played thirty two percent of the snaps. I'd like to see that number come closer together too, because I think Kmet's earned it. You used a second round pick on a tight end who looks like he can play, and he's only on the field for thirty two percent of the game. If he plays a position, and Nagy's point out about how, how he's the wide tight end, he's not the U tight end. Well, you got to figure out how to get the U, wide tight end on the field more because you, if you're if he's only playing 32% of the game, you shouldn't have drafted at that position. You should have used that pick on a different position.
2: Why you? All right, let's talk about <laughs> Nick Foles. I, as I said, I, I, I think the, uh, the hidden hand that can save the season is Nick Foles. We know he's been in different programs, different uh, times, been successful. Not in the offensive sets they're playing, Dan. But, 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 but again, w- w- there has to be again. You know, I, and I made this point last week in the press conference. Matt Nagy brought up the fact uh, the Bears were five and one nine separate times. In other words, he's saying to anyone that's questioning anything that's going on, "Hey, we know what we're doing. Okay, buddy, get your mouth shut." So that's the what he's inferring. But the bottom line is, the only one that may be able to say, last time I checked, you don't have a Super Bowl ring. I do. Let's talk about some of these idiotic plays and play designs and player personnel packages you're throwing out there with me that aren't working. Let's try to – do you think that this is possible? Do you think in some crazy, you know, distant land far away that Nagy would be open to this? I would hope so. I mean, this is what I'm... So, when I
6: did, when I started talking about the idea of playing Mitch, it's not. it really has nothing to do with the belief that Mitch Trubisky is going to fix anything over Nick Foles. What it has to do with, the fact that they, it was the only time in the Matt Nagy era where they were showing a different offense. The, I'm talking about the beginning, beginning of the season. With the out formation, running, yes. Yes, heavier packages. Uh, you... What I just said about getting Cole Comet on the field, they were running three tight end sets a good amount. Okay. The second they went to Nick Foles, that all went out the window. And so it doesn't really have to do with the quarterbacks as much as it has to do with the fact that the offensive line looked better when Mitch Trubisky was out there. And it's not because it's Mitch Trubisky, it's because of what was being run to help Mitch. So Amen. what I'm getting at it. Amen. Yeah. So what I'm getting at here is why can't Nick Foles run that? Why did they have to get away from that stuff just because Nick Foles came in? Nick Foles is a smart quarterback. The only thing is he's not as mobile, but that can still be worked in, that you can find solutions for that. Why not run more of what they ran the first three weeks of the season with Mitch Trubisky because they had a running game. They were averaging over 100 yards a game, more than that, rushing those first few weeks. And by the way if you haven't checked the Giants aren't a great team I understand that they actually have a really good run defense the Bears ran all over the Giants in week 2 with a different offense so they got to go back to that is what I
2: believe Well the last month we have ran 71 times 175 yards 2.43 yards per carry that will that that's get you beat you know every week now how we we've gotten to five and two? It's smoke and mirrors, and obviously the Rams exposed a lot of that last night. Do you think that that is a possibility for the Saints this weekend? And I personally, I'm not scared of the Saints. The Saints aren't the same team; they they're different in a lot of different aspects, and we'll talk about that next hour. But as we we close down here. Let me also throw a little blame on the defense. You know, we, we talked about the Bears being a top five defense. It's, it, many points during the course of the game, it looked to me like the Rams are just touring with us. They really, they had a lead and it's like they didn't care. And they ran the ball for 161 yards and especially down close to the goal line in the red zone, they ran over us. Do you have any idea what the, the, uh, solution to that might be? Well, I know what the problem is, and,
6: and the problem is uh, actually. I think, I think there is a solution for this because, it, to me, it comes down to missed tackles. I know they missed Eddie Goldman, but they've had games like against the Panthers where they played really, really good defense. They flew to the football. Multiple guys came in and made the tackles and made the stops. They just were. To me, I thought they were out of control last night. I thought, I think that that showed up. They were. They were too aggressive. They. They were flying in, out of control on tackles, and it was also leading the penalties. So to me, the two biggest problems with the defense are they lead the league in in penalties on that side of the football, which is a giant problem. That needs to be cleaned up. But I don't know if you guys know this. The Bears have allowed 33 runs of at least 10 yards this season. So 10-yard runs, 10 or more yards, that's happened 33 times, which is an alarming number. It's second most in the NFL. The only team that has allowed more is the Dallas Cowboys. You guys have watched the Cowboys. That's the worst defense in the league. And they've allowed 34. So that's a problem. It needs to be cleaned up. I've called this defense leaky. I think that's a good way to put it because they're pretty good defense, but they're leaky against the run and they gotta they cannot keep giving up ten yards a pop and then throw in a penalty on top of it. That's happening too much. We're giving opponents
3: way too many first outs. Adam, Adam we gotta say goodbye. to you. Ob had a real good one, but we'll we'll do it with Cos coming up after nine o'clock. I, it's just, we got we got to pay the bills here. Hey, Adam, we'll talk to you next next Wednesday night. We're not on next Tuesday night because of the election. So Wednesday night next week, seven to ten. All right, the everybody.
2: Election. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> I'll talk
3: to you guys then. Good day, Adam Hogue on seven twenty WGN. Cos coming up after the nine o'clock news. up and play football and now the cause glenn kozlowski with his own little ditty to start the nine o'clock hour cause we're working overtime for you buddy yeah you had to to find a catch from me right that had to
8: be
2: overtime to say the least because uh, you had you had to be spellbound watching the punt return unit of the Chicago Bears last night.
8: <laughs> well, that's all it was. I mean, it, it, one loss. You know, the NFL is a uh, week-to-week game. We we've discussed it last week. Dan, you and I talked about it. Uh, you referenced one of the guys that you and I both love uh, that has uh, worked with you. On um Jim Keesio's. Uh, football, yep. yep, so it is week to week, but here's what I know for sure, two years and seven weeks, I now have a good feel of exactly what we do on offense, and it's just not pretty, and you know they're five and two I'm not saying let's push the panic button, but what I'm saying is um. Actually, I guess I am saying that because zero touchdowns he, he in a nationally televised game. Yeah, he clearly. Um, you know, let's let's give Nagy credit because he has a winning record. He's done a good job as a head football coach, but he is not an offensive coordinator. And the sooner
3: you just kill recognizes
8: LB. that and and just goes, okay, it's time to maybe step away and, and let somebody else do it. The better chance the Bears have.
3: Yeah, I I mentioned that earlier tonight that his record is twenty five and fourteen, and you know, hey, listen, they made they went to the playoffs. He still hasn't won a playoff game, which I, ultimately that's what he's going to be judged on. I I, I don't. Well, yeah, go ahead. He, he's, no, what I'm going to say is, look, uh, you know, give him credit for uh, you
8: know, BU or whatever that uh, garbage is he puts on his little play sheet. It works. The problem is he could take the greatest quarterback and make him look like he's never played in the NFL. And the real issue is, and it's pretty straightforward and simple. And, you know, it's time we actually have this conversation. He does not understand the personnel that he has on the field and the plays that he calls. And so it it just, it doesn't fit. It doesn't work. Um, I, I just don't think that he has a great understanding of, of, of calling an offense. And you know he proved it right when his uh, that playoff game against Tennessee before we hired him. So it it, uh, you know I I don't want to rip on the guy because they're they're five and two. Well, here, Um, here. but but it's pretty easy to just say he should not be calling the offense right now.
3: Well, let's just give a couple stats here just to underline things. So the offense uh, we scored how many points did we score yesterday? Ten. The offense scored three. Well. But yeah, so,
8: and, and, and really, did the offense even score three? Because I think it was set up by the defense also, wasn't it? That,
3: that, <laughs> it's all blurry blur right, right now. But, 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 but bottom line is the Bears have not scored over 20 points for 24 times now in, in, in Matt's uh, career. With Chicago, which is now we're, we're coming up on on what's forty games now? If you, count 40 games. The, if you count the playoffs, all right. So tw- it well it two, over two,
8: half two years and seven games,
3: right? Isn't that isn't that his career? Two years and seven games. Yeah, so tw- yeah, twenty four out of forty seven games this year. If you're uh, looking at like how, how well do the Bears start? Do they start out hot? No, they don't start out very hot. Seven games this year. How many how many times have they scored a touchdown? How many touchdowns have they scored in the first half? They scored six. Six touchdowns in 36 possessions. So one out of every six times they get the football. In the third quarter.
8: And they never scored in the third quarter. The most Se- important quarter. Seven, well, in, in the NFL. They did last week. anybody. Last week. Was I, the I know they week. did, but you know what I'm saying. That's the first
3: time they scored in the, first, uh, the third quarter. Seven points in seven third quarters. What
4: makes it hard to believe, that's after going through all the corrections you made at halftime. And you come out in the third quarter and you get all the
0: points God. on the board. Excuse me, He didn't make any
8: corrections because he's still looking at BU on his play sheet. And, and I think really that's the, the issue is it's really simple. And it, I, I don't like beating up a, a, any coach or any player for that matter. I mean, we got to call it the way we see it. Um they are five and two, so it's hard to, to fire on a guy that's five and two, except for I can fire on him because he is an awful, I mean, and I mean awful offensive coordinator. Doesn't mean he's not a good head coach. He's just a horrible offensive coordinator, and he has no feel for the game. And that's just the truth. And you're starting to see the cracks because you actually have a legitimate quarterback who's frustrated. Let's call it what it is, right? If, if, I, if I'm the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, I, I'm trying to figure out what this guy is calling and why he's calling it because I'm going to get crushed all night.
2: Well, and, and that's exactly what Brian Greasy alluded to last night that Foles is saying, hey, I get calls in that I know are doomed, but, you know, it is what it is. I, you know, I can't just, you know, disregard them. Now, let me just throw this up. It, it, the lack of of a sense of urgency. There was 11 minutes to go in the game. Okay. And, the, and, and, in a away distant land, a lot of offenses have been able to come back. We've done it two or three times this year. And yet with 11 minutes to go, it took us three minutes to run two plays and then throw a pass that was incomplete and then punt. And it was a complete lack of, a mentality that we need to go hurry up and 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 try to make something happen. And yet they're standing out there looking at the sideline while the clock's burning and simple things like that. You just got to say, you know, who the hell is in charge here? Well,
8: it's clearly um, it, what we do know about our quarterback that we have on the field. And I still think this kid is a real deal. Um, but he's sure making him look like Mitch right now, so I'm not even sure how bad Mitch is because, quite frankly, I don't know that any quarterback could play well with his play calling. But here's a kid that when he's on a roll and you give him, uh, you know, he's in a rhythm and he's moving and he's going and he's going, he's really good. And what does what our, uh, our our genius uh, offensive coordinator, coordinator do? He freezes him out. It, it just – it defies common sense. It's tough to watch. And what's really hard is, you know, the, the Bears have, in my opinion, probably one of the best defenses in the league because Nagy is a winning head football coach. And he has done nothing as an offensive coordinator, put his team in position to win any games since he's been here. You know, Glenn Can you guys think of one game where he actually took it over, and you know, as the play caller, he won the game? I can't.
2: Well, there there was a seven touchdown performance against the, the miserable Tampa Bay team. That's
3: exactly where I went to. The yeah, Bucks, I mean, and,
2: other than that, that was a strike of lightning. Ob.
3: No, I was just going
4: to say, Glenn. I like your opinion on this, and just what I'm going to ask you. You know, just, just get to hit the, hit the question. Aaron Rodgers, Brady, do you think for one minute that they would put up three years, going into three years, of Nagy being the offensive coordinator and calling the plays and putting those guys in harm's way? Do you think that they would take that, Glenn? No,
8: zero chance. And that is, it became more apparent this year when he made the change, because we all were excited about it, we felt like this is a legit kid, and he is legit. I mean, he he can win. He's won Super Bowls head to head. He's beaten Brady, you know, the last two times he's played him. But he has made him look like he's never played in the NFL just by the plays that he called and the positions he puts him in. And it's unfortunately we're going to have to live with it until somebody says quit calling plays and let somebody else do it
4: yeah my point uh, uh Glenn was would 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 Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady would they put up with this going nope. on two and a half years of this Whoa. and nope. playing with the defense that we got and 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 him calling the plays he's calling I don't think they I don't think they'd stand for it no, the no
8: chance they'd call him out and and that's you know you're yes. starting to see that crack with a legit quarterback that's saying hey I, you know I'm no, he's saying it in private, maybe off the record, wink, wink. But he clearly is frustrated because he he was involved with Andy Reid. He understands what uh, you know uh, Reid did with his offense, and Nagy is a pretender as a coordinator. But I'm not taken away what he's done as a head coach. I, I want to be clear on that. He's right. just you know, he's just not an offensive coordinator.
3: We're going to come on back here, take some calls with Kaz, 312-981-7200. If you want to jump on in here, Hampton will be taking you until 10 o'clock. Ed in Texas, we first up here. Bears are 5-2, and two, uh, but licking their wounds after a defeat to the Rams on Monday Night Football at 720 WGN.
1: Sometimes you have plays that you try to hit it right up the the gut, right where they're at a lot of times in, in that situation, uh, and others where you get to the edge. If you can, if you go back to um, week one against Detroit uh, against uh, down there, you guys remember we ran a very similar play, and he ran for a first down. You know, it, it's a it's a play that um, when it works, it's good, and and unfortunately, when it doesn't work, it's it's not good.
0: Lord, I was born
3: That's awesome. Hey, we ran that play against Detroit and it worked. Don't tell me we can't pitch it to Cordero Patterson on fourth down with it all on the line. Detroit
4: was the second worst team coming into this season. We opened up against them, and it took a miracle play to win that game.
3: OB, it worked against the Lions. Yeah. No, no, listen, guys. It took a dropped
8: pass in the end zone by the rookie to win that game. Who are
3: we kidding? <laughs> Right, I, that but that.
8: Am I right or wrong? I mean, the kid
3: dropped a touchdown to win the game. That's true, but I just the, his rationale on, on on the play call is amazing. I tell you it, what's it, amazing. It worked against the Lions. Wow. Yeah. That's so what
8: weird. are they that's one one Have that's they won a game? Are they won in five? What are? They? I don't even know what
3: the record they're, is. I know it's bad. No, well they're three and three. But I just regardless. Okay, he, three just, and three, of five hundred team. But just in a okay. vacuum, like that's how think This play it worked sweet against Detroit. It's going to work against this Rams defense, which is. I mean, come on, man. That's the that,
8: worst part. That's crazy. <laughs> And I'm sorry for interrupting, Mark. And, and, Ed, I think where you're really going with all this, and I think we all agree on this, and if you disagree, you can tell me, but we've had a defense that has been good enough to win at least one Super Bowl. We really have. I mean, we, we, we have one of the best defenses in right. the You're right. got a defense that and, can get and you we there. And have, we have an offense that couldn't beat anybody. And that's why we haven't won a playoff game.
3: Yeah, and to your, to your point, the 2018 defense was good enough to win you Super Bowl. But let's remember, the Eagles went right down the field when you yeah, needed because, to stop. Why?
5: Because
8: they got exhausted. Uh, let me tell you something. When, and I'm watching the defense you know, last night, and I'm just... I look at my wife, and I said, this one's over. She's like, what are you talking about? I said, they're doing nothing on offense. They're looking like they normally look like, and the defense is going to get tired. I mean, how many times could you run out there? You two are probably, you know, well, actually, the two best that I've ever seen. When do you just say to yourself, man, there's nothing we can do unless we can score touchdowns?
2: Well, and part of that frustration was manifested by the fact that one of our best players on defense Had four very costly penalties last night, and I'm talking about Akeem Hicks. And he plays hard, and at some point you have to temper that with you know being smart. He you know he had hands to the face, which was a backbreaker to keep a drive alive. Then he had another penalty, roughing the passer. Then he was in the neutral zone, and then the fourth time was an unsportsmanlike conduct. And not only that. I think our best player in defense, Kyle Fuller had his worst outing of the season. And he, you know, they they had it. They had a lot of really good play concepts against him. Well, on, on different plays where they, they basically, you know, used his aggressiveness against Mm -hmm. him where they would, you know, when he would come in for, uh, you know, a jam or what they, they would break it off to a quick slant and he was beat.
3: Let's get some calls in here with Kaz, 312-981-7200. Ed, Texas, welcome to WGN. Go ahead, Ed.
6: Uh, Thank you. Uh, um, I went to Proviso East, class of uh, 92. I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, that school. Uh, OB and I both went to the same. There you go. Uh, Yes, sir. But uh, my question is, do you think the Bears should run more draws and screens to cool down the pet rush?
4: Great question, Ed. Uh, you to- want to know what Ed? <laughs> why would they do that? Because it might work. <laughs> I don't yeah. I mean, what, I mean, why, obviously, why, why would you want to was throw so a screen? obvious, Right? What
8: he said, Ed from Texas. That's you, what you said. Is you know, again, when you're in uh, grade school, you understand if there's a heavy pass rush, screen it. <laughs> Right, slow down the pass rush. You run screens. That's how you slow it down. But apparently, we don't think of those things.
2: And so. you know, and here's the other side of the coin. You know, when you have a, a defensive line that's really got their ears coming, you know, pinned back and coming, you know, traps. Are, very, yeah. you know, very very uh, successful because the defensive linemen are, aren't playing run anymore. Now they're out of position, and you can pop those for some good gains. We didn't run one trap. We didn't run one screen. I don't even know if we ran a draw. So we know we can't run play action because the run game isn't working. So, Kaz, at some point, don't you think you have to throw this game plan, these the play designs the player personnel groupings out the window we had adam Hogan a little while ago and says you know early in the season we went three tights we went heavy we we we've gotten the eye we ran the ball made people you know respect the run and then we had marginal you know uh, success with plays off of that but still there's so many dimensions, and I know as a defensive lineman, you do too, Ed. You know, the screen, you're rushing the passer. you like, oh, then you got to stop and turn and run 40 yards to the sideline. And that we're out of defensive line. We didn't run it once, not once. Can you explain, Cuz? Yeah. No, I, I, I can't because
8: <laughs> I was watching the game. I'm just thinking, why are you getting into empty backfields, knowing full well that you can't block the guys up front? Your quarterback's going to get crushed. So I I I, ha, I I don't know what to tell you. I, I well literally I think if you're gonna you know I think maybe Nagy thinks oh now I can I have I have a quarterback quarterback that can do anything. Well, Glenn, but he he forgets he doesn't have the personnel to do everything. Well, uh, that's how it works. You, you need 11 guys.
4: Glenn, you just said we don't have the personnel. Let's go back from. Twenty nineteen coming to twenty twenty. The draft is coming up. Okay. We have a defense we've seen for the last two and a half years that can we win the Super Bowl with this defense? Yes. Yes. 100%. That's not the problem. So you have seven times, seven seven different spots in your draft. First number one draft we don't have. Pace got you know, it was gone history. So our first draft was Cole Komet out of Notre Dame. And I think the kid has the wherewithal, physically, mentally, the speed, to be one hell of a tight end. We don't use him that much. But here's the thing, Glenn, that gets me. We needed help on offense. This draft should have been all about offense. So we take offense in the second round, no first round. Third, fourth, third, fourth, fifth, and I was it the sixth or was it the third, fourth, and fifth. Guess what we did? We drafted defense. We needed help in the offensive line. We needed help at receivers. And we needed help at the running backs. Three different areas on the offense and a stagnant offense. And what does he do after Cole Komet? They go defense, defense, defense. Pace, I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, no, it, it always
8: starts with him. I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. It starts there. And, um, you know, he would say to everybody, well, I'm five and two. I put great players out there. Well, yeah, but you don't you don't put a complete team, a team that can actually win a Super Bowl. And and that's what everybody's trying to do in the NFL.
3: Cause hang out. A lot of
8: people fail, but that's what they, they all try to do that. And this guy isn't doing it. And honestly, it's frustrating uh, because you're right, Ed. What about two tight ends? Uh, what a crazy idea with two tight ends.
3: Hold that uh, thought. Hold that, horrible that thought. Horrible
8: matchups.
3: <laughs> we, I, I like to talk about the two tight end concept coming back here to get Cole come out on the field more. Kazi, hang in there. We'll do one more second, one more segment with Kaz, But let's get a check of news. It's nine thirty. It's seven twenty.
1: WGN. There is. There's a lot of ways schematically, and that that's where um, for us we we have that. Those are in there. It's just. Uh, some of those don't happen, like at that point in time, that happened to be a five-man scat protection. It just wasn't one of those. But we have those all over our playbook, you know, to be able to help out our offensive linemen uh, in situations where maybe they're sliding to a gap or to an area and they're not on a man-to-man. Now, when you do that, you, you lose – a lot of times you'll lose some type of receiver, whether it's a tight end or wide receiver. You, you lose an element of a receiver in that when you use an extra guy to protect.
3: Can I read between the lines a little bit there? He being Matt Nagy seems slightly does he not seem slightly reluctant to bring in another tight end and or wide receiver to protect his quarterback because it might handicap his vaunted offense and he wants it to be he wants it to really look like well, it could look. Did he I He wants to
2: be the greatest show on on turf? And we saw last night, McVeigh made him look like McFly. <laughs>
8: well, yeah. The best part is, is he's right. I mean, it doesn't even make sense what he's saying <laughs> because, quite frankly, if you, if your quarterback isn't standing upright, there's no completion to any wide receiver. It just doesn't work in the NFL right. or at any level in football. So. It's just ridiculous. It's just nonsense. Um, unfortunately, um, it's the the uh, joke that we all get to live with. And we're looking at a five and two team that will they'll get to the playoffs. You look at the teams they're playing; they'll get there. But um, you know, when it's all said and done, um, he doesn't know how to uh, use the talent he has. He doesn't recognize what he has. And so one of the worst things you can do is, you you know, you can't be a a square offense when you have a bunch of circles. Right, guys? You've you got to be a circle offense. So look at your personnel. Look at your skill set and design your offense built around that. And every year, truthfully, you've got to change up 30% of what you do on both sides of the ball to be successful. It's there's a formula to this. There's a reason New England is always there even though this year they're struggling at some point they're going to be there again because they understand the formula. Well, they we had figure some out what they have and then they use it to their ability what? and they play to their best talent or what they do best. That's what they do. Let's
3: what? get a couple calls in here. Yeah, let's us. do it. 312-981-7200 Kazan with Hamp and O.B. Till, uh, till till the Bears win the Super Bowl, damn it. Let's go, Josh and Joliet. Go ahead.
9: Um, well, Um. I think O.B., in my opinion, this starts with Ryan Pace because Matt Nagy went to Ryan Pace and asked him about these coaches, and Ryan Pace said yes, that, that these coaches... You know, um, Matt Nagy, before he hired these coaches... Yeah, And, you know, and obviously Ryan Pace said yes. And so Matt Nagy brings him in. So honestly, this starts with Ryan Pace. And obviously, to be better, we need to fire Ryan Pace like right away.
3: We're going up the food chain here, Josh. Thank you for the phone call. I mean, look, I don't know what you guys think, but I, I it's pretty obvious to me that uh, Matt Nagy's not thrilled with his offensive line. And I'll tell you another thing. Mitchell Trubisky right now. I mean, how many times did he say, y- yeah, you know, I I've been bad, but let's you know, it- it's all of us. I I think he wanted everybody to know like you try winning with this offense. Which <laughs> which I don't <laughs> to me, it's Sorry. on the table. I, I don't. I listen. I'm it's not a fan. It's true. Fa- it's true. I'm, I'm it's true. I'm not a fan. But like, I don't know. Is he Mitch Tannehill? To me, that's a, It's at least out there a little bit right now. I mean, if, <laughs> if he gets he gets somewhere else, I mean, who knows? Hey, Tim in Palos Heights, welcome to WGN. Go ahead.
6: Hey, good uh, good evening, gentlemen. Um, Danimal, um, was there ever a time where Jim McMahon, obviously, he would audible all the time and drive Dick to nuts? Should uh, Nick Foles just call audibles and run the
5: plays that he feels that would be better?
2: Yes. And yes, it did happen. And they battled every game every day, but McMahon had a lot of credence and gravitas because he was a first round draft pick. And so, you know, they gave him a platform. Foles is a guy on his fifth team and kind of thrown in, you know, game four. And so he doesn't have that, that you know, that ability to just go off script and basically say, stick it, Nagy, I'm going to run this offense, even though OB and I are pleading him to do so. So it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out the next nine games.
8: Yeah, and he does, you know, also, Dan Nagy slows the game down yes, when – He wants to move forward. I'm talking about our quarterback, right? He gets in a rhythm. He's ready to go. He wants to set the offense. What slows down a defensive rush more than hurrying up and going, 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 and getting rid of the ball quickly and hitting open receivers and picking and getting into a flow? That slows down a defensive rush. And. Nagy slows it down by not giving calls, and you're right. It it would be nice to see if uh, Foles will do it. I don't think he will because he's not in that position or doesn't feel like he can, although you're starting to see the
7: cracks.
4: You know what, Glenn? That's, That's probably the best thing said tonight. Nagy slows this offense down. You give a defense. <laughs> you give a he defense. He gives a timeout, especially when you got yeah. a pretty good defense.
8: Oh, we're, we're beating you now, so we're going to call a timeout and, so you could regroup.
4: <laughs> and and I think Foles he wants to go. Let's get up there. No huddle. No huddle. Come on, play after play after play. Let's move it. Let's pass. Let's move the pocket. Let's go. Let's be aggressive. Let's go downfield. Whereas yeah, Nagy, all, he plays a naggy game.
3: Yeah, Kazi. It's tough. Give us, uh, before you head on out here, give us your look at the Saints. Well, it's another team um, that we can beat.
8: We should beat. uh, But we actually have to score some points to beat them. Honestly, you know, I I wish I could say that I'm confident in what we do offensively. I'd love to see the young tight end uh, be put into the game. Two tight ends that are a tough matchup for... And now you've got to have safeties and backers on them. It's, that's a tough matchup. And you could also use both of them to block. More so our young tight end, right, that is a strong kid. Um, it, it, it just would change the offense. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I hope our defense keeps us in it.
3: That's all. Is that what you guys would do, by the way? Would you play two tight ends, two receivers, a back, and, and, and roll?
2: We didn't do that as much. But, it, it, you know, foals again, identify what your players can do and do well. And that is what foals can do. And yet, Nagy's slowing things down.
4: You're never going to know until you take Cole Komet and let him split his own, let him do a corner route, let him do a skinny post, get him in their intermediate passing game instead of this, this dink and dunk stuff we do. You're never going to find out what this kid is really all about if Nagy continues to run the passing game the way he runs it. Now, Glenn, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but I'll tell you something. All you got to do is look around the league and see what they do with tight ends. We go 180 the other way. We actually do. We don't put them in a position to be a very forceful force in the game. We don't split zones. We don't do anything with our tight ends except for two-foot outs.
8: Right? And, and the other part of it, too, is imagine even blocking, um, You know, putting him in motion. And, and you talked about traps, Dan, right? This kid is built to do that as a tight end. Put him in motion. Uh, trap the defensive end as he's rushing up the field. I mean, there's so many things you could do with a second tight end, and it's all about matchups in the NFL. It's actually matchups in football across the board at any level you you create great matchups you win the game that's how you score points on offense it's really easy
3: Koz, we'll talk to you next Wednesday night. We're not on next Tuesday night. Okay. The, the, the election. Change
8: it again, huh? Okay. Well,
3: well, we got the election Tuesday night. So, oh, is
8: that something important?
3: Yeah, okay, I think a couple okay. people are going to be paying attention next Tuesday. <laughs> <The> re-election.
8: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. All right, gentlemen, Have a great week and nice talking to you. We'll, we'll,
3: we'll see. We'll see you next week. Love L- you, guys. Glenn Kozlowski text line. By the way, Danimal. That's the best line of the night. McVeigh made Nagy look like McFly. People are enjoying that one. They're also enjoying Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering, family-owned and operated the best Italian cuisine. Their meatballs have been featured on the Travel Channel, the Food Network, even German television, 144th and Pulaski in Midlothian. The number is 708-396-2333, and you can visit them at bartolinis.com for all the menu and your information. Come on back here. I put out three polls on my Twitter, to just take the temperature. And we've got some Facebook reaction as well. Curtis has been working the Facebook page. So a bunch of people weighing in on uh, different thoughts that we will bring to you to wrap it on up here and take a peek at the Saints, 325 on Sunday. Hampton be one segment to go on 720 WGN. Hello, I'm here. Sorry, guys. Just very... Into some of the Facebook comments that we're getting. And I'm into our guy, Hampo, and OB, Jeff Bukovic. Fook! He's back in the WGN huddle. He knows the insurance biz. He prides himself on doing it right. Nationwide is on your side. Check out JeffBuk.com. Nationwide, indeed, on your side.
10: Yeah, um, that was definitely a miscommunication with Brian and I. Yeah. Um, you know, we do these pregame um, conversations the day before the game just to give them information. Um, that conversation, uh, Coach Nagy and I have a great, great conversation on the, the sidelines. So there might be times where we, we go through it beforehand and say, hey, what do you think? And there's times where you got to get the ball out quick and whatnot. But um, in those situations, like Matt and I have a great relationship on the sideline with con- conversations, and everything I think. You know, in that situation, with Brian, it was just a miscommunication of words because that's not what um, I was trying to uh, bring across in that conversation.
3: Right. Last time you talked to Brian Greasy. Gotcha. I don't think they're going – they're probably not going to dinner anytime soon. But maybe a phone call happened. Are you nuts? What kind of position are you putting me in? Four minutes left in the game? You got you to gotta put that out there on a Monday Night Football? Uh, all right. Some – You should check out our Hamp, OB, and Cos Facebook page if you want to interact with the show. Uh, Some questions uh, for you guys from this week. Uh, Adam wants to know, as he writes, the Bears teams have been successful in the past, 2006, the 80s, and the offensive lines were legitimate. Do you think the Bears address this issue in the draft free agency next year or still believe it's more of a weapons issue like quarterback, wide receiver, etc.?
4: It should all be offense this past season in the draft. It should be offense this coming year in 21 and 22. Offense, offense, offense. But I will say this about the defense. I can see it, Danny. I can see it starting to crack a little bit. Still good enough to win us the Super Bowl, but our offense is so far behind, I don't know if I don't know if they can make it, and that's what it's all about, being a world champion. And we got some uh, hurdles coming up, and we got some pretty easy games. Hopefully, if we can get into the playoffs, then all bets are off. Then you never know what could happen. But I'll tell you, when these kids today, I'm talking about the guys that are playing on this team, especially the guys on defense. When they look at what they've done over the past several years, and the positions they put the offense in, game after game after game, and they play the game to be what a world champion. Now I think a career lasts roughly around five years or five years or so. Okay, you're, you're not you don't have a forty-year career in football. All right, it's a very short window, and for them to play their hearts out and do what they're doing, and have this dime-eat offense—I don't know whatever other word to use for it. With a coach who refuses to open up to our offense. And these guys are going to look back and say, hey, you want to know what? Boy, would I love to have one of those world championship rings. I played my heart out. We had a defense we could beat anybody with, but they never would fix the problem. I hope those guys don't ever have that feeling. And I hope the hell they put it together and win a world championship. But it's got to be now because later
3: is too far out. Matt wants to know Hamp what's the first uh, change to fix this team where would you make the first change to fix this team
2: you gotta you, you gotta rebuild the offensive line you know it Our Super Bowl team, both offensive tackles were first-round picks. The quarterback, first-round pick. Tailback, first-round pick. Wide receiver, first-round You got to hit on your first-round picks. We've wasted so many. Think about Kevin White, bust. Leonard Floyd, bust for us. We don't have anybody on our offense that is a first-round pick that is contributing not talking about you know who on the bench and we don't even draft offensive players that's what i'm saying you've got to address the offensive line first and foremost
4: How? that's not a mystery that's the problem dan like this isn't some kind of a, a, a unbelievable unsolved mystery my god it's right in front of you what the hell are you people thinking about
3: john wants to know how Hampton or OB would deal with a teammate like Akeem Hicks who played with no discipline and got a few ridiculous penalties. We addressed that a little bit, but would you say anything to your guy if you were playing next to him?
2: Look, Akeem Akeem is not the problem. Unfortunately, you know, he got reckless, and it hurts the team. I played for a coach. You did that crap. He had put you on the sideline and say, hey, I don't care who you are. If you're hurting the team, you're no good to me. Somebody has to kind of tell him, playing hard's one thing, playing stupid's another.
4: That's uh, I echo that, Dan.
3: So I put out three Twitter polls today, at the Karm on Twitter. If you follow me, we shout you out. We love you. I love you. I always appreciate people following at the Karm on Twitter. But okay, here we'll see how good you guys are in touch with the public. Do you believe, I wrote, that Brian Greasy misunderstood Nick Foles? No no so what i a the a, a answer a was must have been a mistake b was heard him loud and clear what percentage of the people with no heard him loud and clear out of i got a hundred votes on that one
2: greasy needs to shut his mouth i had a dear friend he told me one time he was riding with this chick in the back seat and he put his arm around her and she goes hey i'm married and Schrader said, hey, you don't have to tell me everything you know. Anyway, it's a joke. But what I'm saying is, Brian Greasy, that was a comment that was not meant for public consumption. Things we say off the air, we don't put out. Greasy violated that.
3: 82% believe that, uh, indeed, that... uh that conversation happens. See
2: what happens when they, uh, they cover the Bears again. See what happens. Who do you want
3: starting at quarterback versus the Saints? What percentage do you think said Mitch? What do you think percent said Foles?
4: OB? Uh, 80. Well, wait a minute. Eight, eight, I'd say between 7 and 80% Foles. 50%. So hold what
2: on. I'm, I'm saying 87 said Nick Foles. That's your favorite number, be Thank you.
3: 71.1 percent went with Foles. 28.9 with Mitch. I said between 70 and 80. Yeah, and you also said 50 percent with Mitch, which would be 120 percent, and that your answer was disqualified. I really don't give a damn what you think. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> last one did i call her or did i call it you, you, you called it on one half that's fair you did ob thank you all right uh what is the bigger bears problem talent coaching how do you think that one split coaching
2: right now it's coaching hey, hey every team roster to roster i wouldn't trade for the detroit's talent i wouldn't trade for minnesota's talent. i mean we're not that bad we're just not being coached up you gotta get better week after week after week, we're going backwards. We didn't score a touchdown in a primetime football
3: game. What percent do you think said coaching?
2: I'll say seventy.
3: Oh, I'd go I'd go eighty. Fifty-eight percent said coaching, forty-one. That's why they need to listen to us. Well, there we go. We don't
2: tell you what to think, we tell you how to think. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the upcoming game with the Saints. Yes, we got two minutes. Go Ham. All right, here's the deal. The Saints They're kind of uh, scuffling like we are. They opened up the season beating Tom Brady and Tampa Bay. Big game. The Saints won it. They proceeded to lose the next two. Now they've won three in a row. They think they've got it going again, but I think the Saints are not the same team. The quarterback, he's hit a wall. He's not throwing the ball like he did. And Alvin Kamara has not been the same player. And they've got trouble with Thompson, their hot shot receiver. I think this is a game the Bears will win if they go back to the drawing board, go back to the eye, let's run the ball, keep the ball away from them, try to do some things that make this offense functional.
4: As the season started out, I didn't think they had a chance. But how it's evolved through, what, seven or – we're getting close to eight games here now. I think the Bears do have a chance. We're playing at home. It's the afternoon game, late afternoon game. I think the Bears, hopefully they'll be ready. And hopefully again, Nagy opens up this offense. Maybe he – hopefully he listens to Foles because I know Foles wants to open it up. Maybe Nagy will do it this time at home
3: and take down the Saints. Gentlemen – Always a pleasure to be with you. We'll see you next Wednesday night. Next Wednesday night, 7 to 10, right here for you.
2: It is your pleasure. We've I, had a great time. I, ha-
3: I have. I have. I absolutely have. 325 kickoff on Sunday. Don't forget that. The, I just want to say hi to George Lam
4: Paris, my good friend who owns a Palace Grill. Best yo- breakfast in the city, Chicago.
3: There you go. Right on Madison. There you go, George. Uh, The broadcast crew on Sunday, if you're interested, is Aikman, Buck, and Aaron Andrews. That's who's calling it for you. And the New Orleans Saints, a two-point favorite over the Chicago Bears. Curtis Koch, thank you so much for producing the program. Thanks to our guy Kaz, of course, Adam Hogue, who was with us. And most importantly, all of you who called in tonight, texted in, joined us on the Facebook, hit us up on the Twitter. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. And hey, let's all remember, the Bears are 5 and 2 playoffs started today, they'd be the fifth seed, and we'd be rolling all the way to the damn Super Bowl. We will see you next Wednesday night. Have a great rest of your evening.